afford to be. This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, your comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. My name is Pat Francis. And I'm Gary Lucy, and over there, Matt Belknap, producer. <laughs> and we are very, very excited this morning because... Uh, rock we, royalty. Rock royalty oh, is yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so many, I don't, she, she's an author. Oh yeah. She's uh, what, just an entrepreneur, a teacher, <laughs> a muse, a muse. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's... Creating a clothing line. Yeah, she's going to here to tell us about her latest venture and just uh, uh, all about her many adventures. Just sitting at this table with her, we are one degree away from the Who, the Stones, Led Zeppelin, just Captain Beefheart. Captain Beefheart. Right. Someone knows who the captain <laughs> is. Sure. Frank Zappa. I mean, this is this is crazy to be here with her. But uh, I would love to introduce to everyone to Miss Pamela DeBar. Yeah, welcome to Rock Solid. Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you here today, Pamela. I don't even know where to start. There's so much. But, uh, uh, let's just uh, start. Like, you're looking beautiful. You yes. got the coolest outfit on I've ever seen. You got like this brocaded velvet uh, Asian uh, kind of great coat. And it's then a 30s like, deco piece I find yeah, okay. at a thrift store. I, I actually am selling a lot of vintage clothes from my groupie couture line. Along with my T-shirt I have on, which is Pamela DeBar's Groupie yes. Couture. Beautiful, nice. beautiful uh, a gold leaf necklace. Some oh, sweet cowboy boots. Yeah, just <laughs> like you know, fashion. You're like a you're like a put together lady, but like without like you know trying. It looks like effortless, but at the same time very cool. All well, of a sudden, we you. have turned into Project Runway. Yes, yes for, you are making it work, and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, so, Pamela, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. You are you're a California girl, born and raised. Reseda, Reseda, and from what I understand, it's a long day. Living in receipt. <laughs> well, it was very leave it to beaver when I was there. Uh-huh. Totally technicolor, you know, spinning, you know, showers on the lawn. It was just beautiful, really. My dad always had Cadillacs. That was, you know, we were very middle class, uh-huh. but he was a caddy nut. So I don't know. Life was pretty beautiful for me in Reseda, actually. Did you go to Reseda High? Cleveland High. Oh, Cleveland High. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. And a big family? You have siblings? Oh, no. I'm an only child. Only child? I was an adored (laughs) worshipped only child, which is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then, um, so how how do you go from uh, middle class family, adored middle child, to all of a sudden... How did you first get into music? It seems like an Alice in Wonderland transformation. It does. It really does. Well, it kind of is. I always equate, you know, being in the valley and hitchhiking over the hill through Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. to, is going to Oz. Oh, right. Because right. it really was like that. Because it was a whole other world. But it was really always started with Elvis for me. Oh. Oh, okay. always. Yeah. I've got Elvis tattooed on my back, <laughs> his signature. You know, I mean, yeah. I was eight, nine when I first heard uh, Jailhouse Rock. It was my first record. And the flip side was Treat Me Nice. Oh, and, of yeah. course, that really, I mean, cha- and even at that tender age, I knew something was up. <laughs> <laughs> you felt a stirring. <laughs> this, is a song, this is a song that I had not heard before, but we have a little bit of it. Let's oh, hear it. Do you love it? I do love it. And let's oh. hear some Treat Me Nice. Oh. Through that door, baby, 
If you don't greet me right, don't you ever kiss me once, kiss me twice. But even me nice. I know that you've been told. How hot so, is that? That's... Compared to what was happening at the time, it's just oh. like off the hook. No, he just blew everyone's yeah. <laughs> brains out. So, and, and eventually I'm sure you met Elvis. No, I never met Elvis. You never met Elvis. I had the opportunity, but I had just become engaged to mm-hmm. Michael DeBar. And my friend Larry Geller was Elvis's hairdresser and spiritual consultant. <laughs> and he invited me up there to watch TV with Elvis one night. And I thought about it and thought about it and finally said, I just cannot take that chance. I was actually engaged for uh-huh. the first time. Well, second time. <laughs> but I, I, was, I knew this was it. So I could not chance that with Elvis. Of course, Michael later said, are you insane? <laughs> I would have gone up there. <laughs> Michael, friend of, friend, a friend of our program. And, uh, he's been on. And uh, I, I just want to throw in real quick. I just finished reading this great book called Gulp. About the, it's a, it's a, a really funny book about the digestive system. Uh-huh. And, there, and there's a whole chapter about Elvis, and it really lets oh. him off the hook. About like because we're the ah oh, he really let himself go when he was on drugs and everything, like Kurt Cobain he had a lot of digestive problems yes, and he was he like did. dealing with that and that oh, the weight was part of that and the death was part of that like yes it really was bad constipation In fact, the, the so, death wow. was that yeah. finally you know his doctor on his deathbed yeah. his doctor confessed that he actually died of compacted colon yeah so oh, it's boy. not like yeah. he was like a OD well fluffer nutter sandwiches will <laughs> bind you up a little bit right? <laughs> you know well uh, his shooting delighted in the groin might have had something <laughs> might have something to do with it. But I just want to throw that in. I was going to say, I would be afraid to go up to Elvis' uh, room to watch TV because he might shoot that TV screen out. <laughs> I know. He doesn't like something. I, I Mix up El- the remote. <laughs> Elvis is a saint yes, to me. Yes, He He opened so many doors for everyone else. You know, God love him, you know. Nice. <laughs> I mean, not to mention my doors. He opened all my doors <laughs> at a very tender age and okay. left me very, very vulnerable to the, all the rest of the music. Interesting. So yeah. then, so so you hear this, you see, hear Elvis, and you hear the flip side, of, you hear this "Treat Me Nice," and then and then you start you start to really get in tune with what's going on in music, and then what happens? Well, the next. And how old are you at this point? Can I was that? 9, 10, 11. Then Elvis went to, to war, and I was all bummed out, and I crossed uh, the X's off the calendar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was really <laughs> upset. And especially when he, they cut his hair off to go oh, to the Army. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember sitting mm-hmm. with my parents at a, a movie theater. We were seeing Psycho. They probably shouldn't have taken me then. <laughs> I, hear a lot, I hear so many stories about this. Yeah, my parents took me to see Shampoo. I was seven. <laughs> yeah. What? Psycho. <laughs> yeah, Psycho. And, uh, but before that, there was a newsreel of mm-hmm. Elvis getting his hair cut. Wow. Oh. And that was more devastating than Psycho to me. It was, just, <laughs> it was so awful. So, so I was very upset about it. In fact, I'm writing a screenplay right now for I'm with the band, and I open with that. Oh, neat. Because oh, nice. that, I mean, it's where I open the book, too, but it's, it's just, it was such a huge moment of wh- how, what? Oh, no. Oh, my God. They're cutting off his hair. It was like Samson or something. You know what I mean? Now, I don't want to jump all around, but since you just brought up I'm with the band, I, I did want to ask if, um, do you own the rights, the movie rights? Do you have those? Yes, I've sold it so many times. And I've then they've so reverted back? I've people option it. Uh-huh. And yeah, and I've got it back, and I finally found a good producer who wants me to write the screenplay, which is great. I'm... You know, it's weird, but I think enough years have gone by right. that I can be objective to know which men to remove from my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then I want to ask you for casting. Who do you see playing? Who would you like to play you? 
Do you have any? Do you have? Yeah, any? my dream would be to have Dakota Johnson play me. I don't she, know if I know who Dakota Johnson is. She just had her own TV series, and she just got a big movie. She's Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Oh, okay, nice. Oh boy. So, so it goes. She's very pretty and very mm. talented. So mm. it goes. It's full, full circle. circle right. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, that would just be a dream. Could you imagine? Now, did you did you ever weigh in on Almost Famous? What did you What did you think of that? Well, I felt ripped off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kate told me you know she used me as a whole as as who to be basically sure. well who else is she going to use <laughs> yeah that's who she's going to use <laughs> right well they she said i shared my pictures on the wall for inspiration all mm-hmm. that stuff but cameron never included me in it and i was a little upset with him because i've known him since he was 15 but that's so yeah. no you weren't a consultant you didn't have a no, cameo nothing is it an act- that rude that is very rude yeah, cameron cool. Cool. yeah is uh is it an accurate accurate depiction uh from a 15-year-old boy's point of view, I'm sure it was. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So we want to hear it from For me, I thought it was pretty tepid. Yeah. And the most annoying part of it was the fact that she tried to kill herself over yeah. a rock guy. Yeah. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't happen. As much as I loved the rock guys, you know, that would never have happened. No, well, give us, give us your side. What, uh, what was it really like? What was uh, your angle? Well, I had my heart broken by mm-hmm. them, but I expected to. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't, even at my young age, and I, of course I dreamed right. about, you know, marrying Jimmy Page and living in Pangburn, but I'm glad it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> in the big picture, please. Thank you. Yes. But at the time, you know, that's what I dreamed of, and he led me to believe that. But he led several other girls yeah. to believe that, too. So, you know, they, they were just like kids in a candy store, man. They could have whatever they wanted. And I happened to be pretty cute. Like a nut you know? butter. <laughs> and I was, at the, <laughs> I was at the right place, right time. Hollywood, 60s. You know, it, it was a... It was a perfect. Fit. It seemed like it was so much more fun down here. Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, uh-huh. so like I was always kind of skeeved out by hippies. But it seemed like the Sunset Strip scene was like you know still a lot of the hippie things. But it seemed like it was more happening. It seems like it was cooler. Well, I, I was not a hippie because yeah. hippies I always thought were kind of dirty. They wore blankets and they never right. washed their hair. I was like a flower child. Uh-huh. You know, very clean. Hippie chick. That was not a hippie chick. <laughs> not a hippie no, chick. No, no, no. Hippies were dirty. Yeah. Hippies were dirty, and they crashed places. Right, right. I was never like that. You weren't that. crashing anyway. Well, I crashed a few places, but uh, no, I was clean. And then, of course, after I met Zappa, B-Fart Zappa, that whole thing, I became what we called a freak. Ah, yes. Which was, uh, you know, a whole unique set of people, completely set apart from the hippies, the flower children, the rockers, whatever. We were freaks. And was Zappa clean? Proud of it. Was Zappa clean? He doesn't look like a clean guy to me, Zappa. He was clean. Okay, good. He was like a sober guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was, he was always, like... He was always. always. Yeah. That's always amazing to me when you hear about those guys that say... You know, nope, I never drank and I never did any drugs. It's, uh, you know, it's the, the stereotypical thing. You see someone and you go, well, that guy's got to be on something. But, well, not uh, only that, he was annoyed with band members. In fact, he fired Lowell George wow. for yeah. smoking pot. Wow. Unbelievable. A lot of pot. <laughs> not just one. <laughs> yeah. You give him a pass on that. So at what age do you decide that you want to meet some rock stars? And how does that happen? Well, the, the Beatles album... Uh, Meet the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, suggested that that was okay to do. So I, I <laughs> you took it as an invitation. Oh, yes, I did. You, yeah. Mom, I just got this invitation at the record <laughs> yeah, store right. to meet the Beatles. So I tried to do that. I was okay. very, very young, still in high school, very young, or like first year of high school when uh-huh. the Beatles hit, and I just decided to try to meet them. 
I, I went to Bel Air. I spent the night in their backyard, you know, <laughs> with two other girlfriends. Boy, did we get in trouble. Yeah, I was going to say, how old are you at this point? 15. 15. Wow. See, my daughter's going to be 13 this year. I can't even imagine <laughs> that oh, she's no. going to Bel Air and spending how the did you, I, just Logistically, how did you figure out where they were? Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. It's a long story. It's in I'm with the band, but we, we made sure to meet a neighbor. Okay. And it turned out to be Jerry Lewis's son, Ronnie. Wow. And they were right next door to where the Beatles were staying. So he led us through his backyard. <laughs> And we got to hide out like by the fence. We had literally <laughs> slept all night there. We were in serious trouble, all of us. And finally, the cops, <coughs> I guess it was Neil Aspinall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he worked with the Beatles. Uh-huh. He, he saw us back there and called the cops. And they, the cops drove us out of Bel Air. Oh. Did they the, drive you home or just out of Bel Air no, and drop you off in the corner? Yeah. City limits. <laughs> nice. That's, our, that's LA's finest. Little, <laughs> so, I mean, little, little known fact Jerry Lewis was the inspiration for a uh, Beatles hit. <laughs> Is that uh, true? Yeah. Lady Madonna. <laughs> All right. Wow. Anyway, back to our show. Oh Sorry. My God. I, had stop, I had to stop it down. So I'm, on board. I'm on board with that. Sorry. So, <laughs> I will co-sign that terrible joke. <laughs> so, Pamela, this is before cell phones. This is before internet. You can't, and you just, you just track these guys down. You find out where they're at. Uh, what do you tell your parents? You just go, oh, I'm just going over to Linda's to spend the yeah. night. Yep. And they all, everyone says yep. they're spending yep. the night at someone else's house. And one of the girls was Linda, actually. Oh, my God. What? That's crazy. You know a lot about this for well, a guy who... I was actually in the bush next to them watching them. <laughs> we, we had, so you know, I... the Beatles, Beatle girls had... A different beetle. Otherwise, you could not hang out together. Oh. You had to have a crush on a different beetle. Oh, that, who, oh, who was man. your crush? Paul. Yeah, Paul. you were the Paul. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> oh my Good God! Taste. Was it hard the to find a Ringo one, right? I mean. to uh, complete the group? Yeah. I, I changed allegiances through the years, but when I was a you know a baby teenage girl, it was Paul. It was Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul was Paul seemed the most unthreatening too. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. I suppose he, you could bring Paul home to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would still like to do that. But well, you might still get a chance. Oh, he got married again. <laughs> oh, he's a rock star. He can't stand to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just chill out a little, Paul. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Pace yourself, buddy. Uh, and, uh, and Pamela did uh, did choose a Beatles song, so let's hear a little bit of uh, And I Love Her. Ugh. In mono. I give her all my love. That's all I do. And if you saw Besides that being a beautiful song, I'll tell you why I loved it. In a hard day's night, he sings it, uh-huh. and there's one point in that in, when he opens his mouth, and a little tiny drop of spittle <laughs> goes from one lip to the other. Oh! And I was like, Paul oh, saliva. If only I could have a, just a drop of that. If that, if I ever had that, someone would say, "Wipe your face." <laughs> No one would ever say, oh. I want everyone to go look at that clip and yes. see that saliva going from the upper lip to the lower lip. I never noticed that. that. Now that's all I'm going to be able to see. Yeah, yep. yep. will not let my daughters watch Hard Day's Night. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I want to know. Now, the term groupie. Yeah. Who coined that? Where does this come from? No one really knows. 
I remember when I first started mm-hmm. hearing it, I was already long into it. I was already a groupie before right. the word existed. So, what did you guys call you? You didn't, you're fans. We didn't call us any. No, yeah. we weren't even fans. fans. We were just girlfriends. By girlfriend. that time, okay. I was dating. I was seeing. I was traveling with all these people. Uh-huh. By the time that word came along, to me, they were just. Other, there were guys like in high school. Only right. these were musicians, you know, and the, the, that's what I want. I wanted to be with a musician. And did you ever, when when you first heard the term, did you were you offended by the term? Was it a negative <clears throat> connotation? In it your was eyes? not offensive. No, okay. it was just a term for a, someone who hung around with groups. I mean, it was a very innocent word, really, to begin with. But then, of course, people got a hold of it who weren't hanging out with the groups. Right. And wish they could. Right. And so it became negative. See, we have a thing. People who like podcasts are potties. <laughs> and, um, I've not heard that. We, yeah. Yeah. We have quite a, there's quite a few people outside waiting to see my spit. <laughs> yeah, guy actually, right yeah. We do have that, one guy. That guy has a crush on you. Uh, Ryan Buds is here helping us today. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. So, uh, okay. So that's good to know because I feel, you know, I, I didn't know. So that's why I ask. Well, it was a, it was a journalist. It was a British journalist. And we, we've, we've tracked it down to at least the first time it was written. Okay. Was a British guy in like 1966, maybe, or mm-hmm. early 67. Okay. Now, now, who's the first, who's the first musician that you're, uh, that you're, you, that you fall in love with that, that, t- that takes a liking to Pamela? And, in real life. You mean not Paul or. <laughs> no, no. In real life. Chris Some, Hillman from the birds. Chris Hillman from yeah. the birds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he was uh, he was also in the flying flying burrito, burrito brothers, brothers yes yes Chris and Graham changed my whole life in, in, musically by turning me on to country music mm-hmm. I, at, before that I just assumed you know it was crew cut asshole I thought sure. George Jones must have you know, I had no interest of course <laughs> then he later became one of my heroes yeah. but Graham called him the king of broken hearts and he he would cry listening to him you know? <laughs> wow and he would all when he sang a George Jones song. He would cry. Wow. Now, see, that's... He was so full of love. That's when you're feeling meaning. the music, yeah. when, you're, when you're tearing up yes, over it. Yes, it's so beautiful. And uh, we have uh, a Flying Burrito Brothers song that Pamela picked for us called Hot Burrito Number 1 on Rock Solid. You may be sweet and nice, but that That that's song a, almost make you cry. That's oh, a Chris yeah. on bass there, right? Laying down those. Uh, yes. him. Yeah, that's. He was weird. a fantastic bass yeah. player. Oh man! Now Grant Parsons, like it's easy to, you know, because he left us so young, but he really he seemed like he was not of this earth. You know. He yes, seemed, exactly. Yeah. He came here. He was on a mission. Yeah. He really had a focus, and and that, and he burned with that desire mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, combine soul, country, blues, and rock together. And it seems no like one he did. Had done that before. Yeah. yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like they were able to do it. Mm-hmm. Very nice. So, um, so Chris Hillman's your guy. Oh, I was in love with him, and we went on and off for 
decades. For decades. So during those decades, decades there in, in, there's other men yes, and women yes, in and out yes. of all your lives. I was 16 when I first fell for him. And how old is Chris Hillman when you're 16? He, he was 21, I think. He was. He seemed way out of reach, 20 mm-hmm. maybe. But I'd never let it stop me. I mean, I, I when, when I wanted to be with someone, right. I just I made that my life's goal, <laughs> you know. And it was all because of the music, though. It yeah. was all because I loved their music so much. The birds, are you kidding? The early birds. Yeah. The very first group I met with the birds. I was on the strip. I started hitchhiking o- across the hill. And the Ciro's was a club back then that hadn't changed. It later became its boss and a bunch of other mm-hmm. places. Now it's the comedy <laughs> store. But at the time, it was still Ciro's. And the back doors faced the strip. Yeah. They still do. They still the back do. Doors. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out there with a bunch of girls. And I thought, you know, I was too young to get in right, and right. see them. I eventually got fake ID. You shouldn't even have been down there, Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. So, so I started, I just knocked on the backstage door. No one else did it. But you're like, hey, why not? But yeah. See what and, happens. And Roger, Jim at the time, McGuinn. McGuinn, opened the door, saw me standing there, cute blonde girl, handed me a joint, and I, and I walked in. Right. So I was the only girl back there Shake with it. the birds wow. as they rehearsed to go on. Did David wow. Crosby have a big crazy fur hat on at the time? <laughs> no, it was pre-fur hat, okay. pre-cape. <laughs> pre-cape. But, he, you know, but there I was with the birds. Wow. Now, and, and then for our younger listeners, of which we have none, uh, hitchhiking, <laughs> hitchhiking was a thing when you would uh, put your thumb up <laughs> and cars would pick you up and take you where you wanted to go. Yeah. And uh, don't ever do that now. Yes. <laughs> no, it's Please too don't. scary now. Yeah, but hitchhiking scary. was, it was not, not a big deal. I did it. Yeah. My mom sure didn't know about it. But, uh, yeah, I, I did it until I got my own cars. Right. And, uh, yeah. And now do you still live at home at this point? Yes. Oh, yeah. You're 16. Oh, yeah. Yes, of I was 16. I was still in school, high school. And are you, uh, are you hiding the stuff from your parents? Obviously, you can't tell them. I was very close with my mother. Right. So she knew quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. She, it was amazing how she accepted me mm-hmm. and let me be myself, but still kind of, you know, Held the reins in right. a way because that's hard to do. Best mom ever. As yeah, being a parent, that would be very hard yeah. to do. To to she, walk she, that fine line. She wanted to ensure our closeness continued right. because a lot of people, a lot of teens from that era, lost their parents. The yeah. lo- the the, mm-hmm. the trust the lo- because there was it was unprecedented what was going on. Yeah. that's what I was said. wondering. Yeah, like especially with uh, now. Obviously, you're you're a a good girl and nice person, but like what was <laughs> what was your mom's. Uh, kind of view of the like the sexual revolution you know that was going on i mean that must have been hard for her to accept in a way well yeah. i didn't tell my mom yeah. about the oral favors i was doing <laughs> but i did save oh my virginity <laughs> for uh, the man i thought i was in love with i right. was 19 and a half years old now if you look back at many many of the girls of my generation they did not wait that long that's yeah, yeah. it's ancient so yeah, it was for mm-hmm. then are yeah. you kidding so Especially later, the the girls that came after me, they were thirteen and fourteen. Oh, you know, with Led Zeppelin, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, what did you think when you saw thirteen and fourteen year old girls hanging out with Led Zeppelin? What did you What did you think about that? Were you like, wait, this isn't? I don't know if this is good or. Well, it it was what it was. Uh-huh. The girls wanted to be there. The yeah. boys wanted them to be there. It right. wasn't like some horrible thing was going on. I mean, it, that's just the way. It, it's just the way it was. was. It's just the way it was. Would totally not be accepted now. No. But that's how it was. It was that way then. Yeah. And, and I was like 
an old lady of like 21 or something at that point. And, and, and they literally, I remember Sable Star, she was like the leader, the ringleader of these, these teenage, these pubescent girls really who were infiltrating my world. <laughs> I remember her calling me an old lady one time in no. front of, I was hanging out with Elton John as a matter of fact. And she just said, I hope I'm not, don't look as old as you do when wow. I get to be your age. You know, that kind of, yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Well, maybe she was talking to Elton. <laughs> That's true. Maybe, Maybe she was talking to Alan. That's true. Totally possible. But could have been. What 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 I think is neat though, and what I think is the the magic of your book, and why you're still an icon today. You you uh, use the phrase "kid" in a candy store, and like in a way, you were the candy. But it, uh, in a bigger sense, you were the kid. You know, you were the one. You were the one getting your candy. You know what I mean? It oh was yeah. Like, yeah. It wasn't oh, like yeah. yeah. I was exactly where I wanted to. Exactly. Be. Yeah. I was. I I was doing exactly what I wanted to do. In fact, that you know, the, a lot of women's libbers at the time thought groupies were subservient. You know. The, believe me, it was not that at all. Yeah. For real groupies, right? We we pursued what we wanted. I think a woman's liber is a woman who goes after what she wants, and that's what I wanted at the time. And that's what that's what it seemed like back at the time. There was more like of an inequality, and almost like you know, it was it was like fun and carnal, but it was like this almost like this Dionysian ritual where you're trying to reach like this higher, you know, release of, you know, whereas like today, like in rap or something, you know, like the sexuality, it seems like a lot of, it's much more like women are more like objectified to the point of yeah. not even sex objects, but just object objects. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's uh, definitely not. It's sad. Same. It seemed more like wholesome. And oh, I uh, love the way you put that, the Dionysian yeah. thing. And yeah. The, well, yeah. the muse, we were muses. Right, right, right. These, yeah. Gary's the smart one of the two. Of them, <laughs> so that's why that's Gary came up That's not saying much, that. but there we go. Um, <laughs> so then yeah. uh, the Chris Hillman thing, you're 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 hanging out with Chris Hillman and the birds, and then and then after Chris Hillman, what? Who do you? Who is your? I don't know how to put this gently. Who's your next major relationship? Conquest. conquest. I don't it wasn't know really a conquest. Not a conquest. I know that's why I want. We're to, probably I'm, thinking about. Are you thinking about Zeppelin or Mick or which? Who are you? Who are we going to talk about? Well, because uh, it was around you? the same time. 1969 okay. was my peak year with these people. <laughs> so I mean, I guess who do you want to meet next after Chris Hillman? Who who do you want to? I don't know how to. I don't know how to delicately well, say who do you set your sights on. <laughs> you well, go. it really wasn't like that because right. See, that's okay. what I mean. Well, I, w- I went to visit Cynthia Plastercaster. I, was, I had an all-girl group myself mm-hmm. at this point. I was in the, a band called the GTOs. We started out as a, a, as a dance troupe. Right. Crazy bunch of girls dancing with various bands, Love, The Doors, you know, local bands. And um, Zappa saw us, asked us to dance with him. And so we became the Laurel Canyon Ballet Company, then became the GTOs, Girls Together <laughs> Outrageously. And, and who, is, uh, who are the members of the GTOs? There were seven girls. Okay. Okay. And do you remember them? Of course I do. <laughs> Unless you like, want to rattle off some names. Uh, Miss Lucy, Miss Christine, Miss Mercy, Miss Sparky, Miss Cinderella, and Miss Sandra and myself. <laughs> now, and where does the there Miss... Are only three of us left. Where's the Miss come from, the Miss Pamela? Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim uh, called... All girls miss, which is nice. And uh, we went to visit him one day. Miss Lucy knew him from New York, and he took you know many, many, many showers that day that we were there. He was like a germ guy, right? Yeah, Yeah, he. Yeah, he. (laughs) But he was getting all hot and bothered. I think. Oh, I see. I get you. I get you. Um, So he, as we we visited him all day, and as we left, he called us Miss. Goodbye, Miss Pamela. You know, so that uh, we just became. We stayed. It stuck. And uh, now it was <laughs> Tiny Tim almost seems like a virginal guy. He was a virginal he, guy. He was a virginal yeah, guy. Yeah, he was. Okay. He was a That's sweetheart. Loved him. Wow. 
I knew all these crazy people. I know, but they all you you, you say they're crazy, but they all seem like they're very very yeah. nice crazy people. Yes, it's not like yes, what we yes. think of a crazy person. <laughs> so um so the GTOs, uh, uh, Miss Pamela uh, asked me to. Uh, I called her Miss Pamela. Um, we have I'm in love with the Uu Man. Well, let me tell you who the Uu Man is. Okay, first. let's okay. hear it. The Uu Man is Nick St. Nicholas. He uh, was the bass player in Steppenwolf. Right. Okay. And he and I are still very close friends. That's the good thing about mm-hmm. being me. Most of these people <laughs> and I are still very much in touch if they're alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Nick St. Nicholas. Um, is the Uu Man. Is the Uu Man. And what does that mean? What does the he used to? He was from Germany, and he was a very <laughs> elegant, mysterious guy, and he always said funny things like, uh-huh. Uu, 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 Schnitt, Schnitt, Schnitt. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I was... <laughs> When I was growing up, Arnold Horshack was the ooh ooh man. <laughs> and welcome back, Cotter. He go ooh ooh ooh. But uh, okay, so let's let's hear some. Uh, you, uh, you, let's get ready for this. <laughs> I'm in love with the ooh ooh man. The GTOs on Rock Solid. Because okay. it's, it's, it's well, a hard that, song to just pick a point. These were little stories about right. Nick St. Nicholas because uh, he always had a, a, an, an unusual response to everything mm-hmm. and said really nutty things that seemed <laughs> completely out of nowhere. But uh, I was just enthralled with them. I was and so in love with them. That is really charming. I never heard the GTOs. Is that uh, oh. is that available? No, it's on, not available. It's oh, not available right uh, now. It's uh, the album's called Permanent Damage, and did Zappa he produce that? Zappa produced it, co-produced by Lowell George before oh, he was wow. fired. Wow! <laughs> and Jeff Beck plays on it, and Rod Stewart sings on it, and uh, actually, Chris and Graham came to see us record one night, mm-hmm. and they both said, "Can we do something? Can we play on it?" And, Frank said no. Ooh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And Graham said, well, I could just play the tambourine. He said, no, no, we got it covered. We're good. <laughs> and wow. we were like, please, <laughs> we want them on the record. And now, how was, uh, how was, how was the album received when it came out? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, you know, Frank really was capturing a moment in time. Right. He, he loved the, the idea that this was happening. Mm-hmm. These crazy bunch of girls in Laurel Canyon were just having so much fun. He wanted it preserved. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was doing at that time with his label, I think. But, you know, even though we got the centerfold and Rolling Stone, the groupie <laughs> issue, um, and we got crazy reviews, it, you know. I don't think a lot of them were pressed. Right. That's what it feels like. It feels like some uh, lost thing that like, like a cool color picture that, oh, if, you know, this is like taken out in front of Ben Franks or something. Yeah. Know. There was one that just sold for $600. On wow. It's crazy. The record, wow. yeah. Is, um, now, you brought up uh, Cynthia Plaster-Caster uh, very briefly. I'm, I'm reading Rod Stewart's uh, autobiography right now, and he, there's a story in there where she wants him and Ron Wood to come over because she wants to 
cast them. Yeah. Cast them. And he said they walked in and they saw some of her previous casts and they respectfully declined. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. Well, that's, that's in Rod's book. I don't book. think it's so, true. Oh, I think he made that up. I like this. I oh, like this inside stuff. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, Cynthia exclusive. never tried to cast Rod. No way. She will go. only cast people whose music she loves. Interesting. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of them are, are, are unheard of, and some are very well heard of. But she, this is I, an exclusive. Because I, re- I tried to, I was seeing Terrence Trent Darby mm-hmm. at a certain point in my life. Oh, wow. And um, he wanted to be cast. Uh-huh. And she said no. She didn't wow. like his music. Oh. Uh, Did she tell him that to his face? I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> into rough. the grooves you're laying down. <laughs> so um, I had to tell him. It wasn't a happy day. What a shame. That was a sexy guy. Whatever happened to him? Do you ever, are you in uh, touch with him? Yeah, he's, he moved to Italy a long time hmm. ago. Yeah, he just sort of got frustrated with the music business. Sure. Yeah. That mm. way. Is, uh, is Cynthia still in the casting business? Oh, yes. <laughs> She's writing her memoir right now. Oh, she should. She oh. <laughs> my God. I'm going to go stay with her in two weeks. I, I'm teaching writing class there in Chicago. Oh, oh, cool. oh great. Cool. Yeah. Is um and and all the whole the gang the gang are you guys all you guys all stay in touch? The GTOs are almost all gone. But mm. but what about like uh, but Mercy like, and I are very okay. very tight. Yeah. And Cynthia. And Cynthia. Oh yeah. Right, cool. well, like I said, the people who are living. Yeah. yeah. I'm still very close it, with Robert Plant, for instance. Oh. He just called me two days ago. Oh, no kidding. Now, who is this? <laughs> Robert, Robert Plant, of which you speak? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we, we were so close back then, even though I was dating Jimmy, uh-huh. seeing Jimmy. Uh, Robert and I somehow had this really great connection. We're almost exact age. Mm-hmm. We're six weeks apart. Yeah. You know, and we're just, we're really, really tight still. And we laugh our heads off. And our hero, our same hero, is Dion. So we, we have a... We, we understand of each Dion other. Dion in the Belmonts. Yes, Dion. Oh, wow. Well, when Dion became solo artist, right? He's who I went nuts for right after Elvis. Oh yeah, he was amazing. And "Run Around Sue" was one of my yeah. favorite songs of all time. And he wrote those songs. You know, no one was doing it. Bobby Wright, Down, Frankie Avalon, and mm-hmm. Fabian were not writing no. their right. songs. But Dion was. Dion, and somehow I latched on to him even at such a young age. That's Maybe that's the connection. It seems like Robert Plant's like a huge music fan. Oh God, oh. yes. Well, he's complete. He's he's expanded, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. very few of the people from his generation right. have right. gone have done that. Where you know keep expanding musically and and, and you know, creating new Testing sounds. New and, yeah, yeah, I loved uh, I loved Band of Joy. His last album, I loved it. It was uh, it's a really great album. You should check it out. Strange Sensations, great too. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's always yeah. Plants are always doing different stuff. There's a great. I'm going to tell you a really great story. Um, I went to see him play in Vegas, and Dion was playing there at wow. the same time. So we we got to go to uh, the first part of Dion's mm-hmm. show because Robert had played right. too. So we were sitting there watching it, and both of our favorite song is called "Love Came to Me." I wish I'd told you to that. I wish you would have. Yeah. Um, and when Dion started playing that, Robert actually I looked over at him, and he was crying. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So the, right at that moment, the, uh, Dion's roadie came up behind us and said, do you want to see Dion after the show? And Robert said, oh, I wish we could. I have to play. He said, but give him this. And he took a tear. <laughs> oh, wow. Put it on the roadie's hand. <laughs> wow. I That's, was a witness to this. That wow. is great. I know. That is, I've never heard that, that before. That is to- well, of course not. I was the only person that <laughs> yeah, saw it. Yeah. yeah. No, Robert Plant is the real thing. That's nice. cool. Here's a little of that, actually. We, I found it. Did you find it? Good for you. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
gorgeous. It's fantastic. That's a, uh, you know how like Jack White and everything works with uh, Wanda Jackson yeah. and the Black Keys guy with Dr. John. Dion is still with us. Someone's got a yeah. resurrection. Yes, he sure is. Well, you know, the boss loves him. Oh, okay. That would be a good he, one. Well, he opened yeah. for the boss a oh, few times not too oh, long neat. ago. Yeah. And Dylan. Yeah. Dylan loves him. Oh, amazing. <laughs> um, Anybody smart. Yes. Anybody Dion. smart. Yeah. And there must, be, there must be something about, like you said, that he wrote his own songs. Because then you know the words that he's actually singing and saying come from So important him. to me. Yeah. I, I'm a singer-songwriter girl because of Bob. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Bob, I would Bobby. marry him now. Nice. Bob, <laughs> if you're listening to this, please. <laughs> please. I'm your girl. <laughs> Almost guarantee he's not listening. But to if you oh, are. come on. You <laughs> Open invitation to be on the show if you're listening. <laughs> okay. So when um, when does uh, when does Keith Moon come into your life? I think you might want to play my favorite Zeppelin song. Though. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, let's. Hear you that. know what? Yeah, no, let's I, I, do that. I was uh, I was Jimmy's girl for quite some. time. Yeah, let's uh, let's back up there now. What I used uh, to sit up on his amplifier. When they <laughs> like, played, and like, and you have uh, no hearing loss. No. That's amazing. I know. It's incredible. It is really incredible. I I I guess if you're on top of it, you're not getting the full brunt. I guess guess so. Give us the inside story. What is the the truth about his... his dabbling in the dark arts. Is he, is he a witch? <laughs> he was very, very curious about yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Alistair Crowley, uh, his, his, his belief system mm-hmm. spoke to Jimmy. Um, you know, he, who knows why? Mm-hmm. But he, he, they never sold their souls to the devil. Sure. They never did any of that bullshit. <laughs> he was just very curious about that. And in fact, so curious, he bought the guy's you know, castle in Scotland and bought his big cape and <laughs> flapped around in there. God knows. That's, God knows what was on his mind. That's when you have F.U. money. Yeah. When you're like, hey, I'm going to buy that cape. I like this guy's ideas. I'm going to buy his castle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is also one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs. Oh, uh, let's hear uh, Dancing Days. Oh, great. It's the riff. It's pure sex. <laughs> I mean, some songs just sound great and stand the test of time. It's timeless. And that's, yeah. It's yeah. just amazing. It's hot. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, yeah? As hot as my spit right here? Uh, did, um, you know, Robert just played in Austin um, recently because that's where he lives part-time now. Yeah. And I got I went to the show, a very small gig, private surprise mm-hmm. gig, and he 
called out my name before Uh-oh. going to California. Nice. That's nice. He's Excellent. done that a couple of times now. It's always like, wow. Unbelievable. So you get, a, you get a text. He says, hey, I'm performing and come to the show. Yeah. That's, yes. uh, that's neat that it's still such a thrill for you. I like that. Oh, God, always, yeah. always. Amazing. I just I, got my Dylan tickets, and I, you know, I can't <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, with Wilco and my morning jacket? You're yes. Going, yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Now, have there been, uh, are there songs that were written for you, about you? I think so, but I really don't know. The only one I know for sure is mm-hmm. called The One That Got Away by the Desert Rose Band mm-hmm. that Chris Hillman did after oh, nice. one of his many bands. Not Katy Perry. So Perry's he's still version. pining for you, then, <laughs> according <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's become kind of square. God bless him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I love how Pamela just t- took the reins and said, hey, play that Zeppelin song first. Yeah, well, you're not a very good host. So I kind of needed to step in. I'm not going to move forward with this until you play that Zeppelin song. So, uh, okay, so Keith Moon. Uh-huh. I mean, one of my bows. Yeah. One of my favorite bows. Uh, we met on the... Uh, Set of 200 Motels, sure. a movie I did with Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. And he played Frank Zappa. <laughs> well, no, Ringo played Frank Zappa. Yeah. Keith Moon played the nun. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course he did. Common mistake. <laughs> um, and we just hit it off, of course. And um, he came to L.A. soon after mm-hmm. that, and we just became – I was his L.A. girl. Okay. A lot of times, you know, as a groupie, super groupie like I was um, – you know, you, you, the bow. You were their only girl that right. saw in that town, right? So anyway, he'd come to town, and I'd move in with him wherever he was. Right. And he would. He was kicked out of everywhere. <laughs> so my favorite story about him was happened at the Century Plaza Hotel, one of the last places he he was able <laughs> he to inhabit. stay. And even then, he had to pretend he was some some like count from some fake country. <laughs> No, he did. He needs to borrow that cape from Paige just to get in. He had a cape on. He had had a floor-length cape with ermine. Okay, And he was some fake, you know, prime minister from some fake country. Mm -hmm. And they believed him, and they gave him the penthouse. And he he had me stand out on the balcony. He said, watch, I'm going to do something. I'm going to like this. So I stood out on the balcony waiting, waiting, waiting. And then I see way down there. Oh. Keith hustling with a big box of Tide up to the <laughs> up to this you know <laughs> fountain yeah. you know the fountain it's still sure. there yeah. on Century Plaza yeah. and he dumped the entire box in there <laughs> and he came back up and we watched this oh. incredible I Love Lucy episode take place, <laughs> where the you know the bubbles went you know blocks in the air stopped traffic all up and down Century Plaza it was awesome and no. we, he was just enjoying it he loved to create a ruckus and when when Keith Moon says stay here I'm going to do something <laughs> How nervous do you get? Yeah, you, you, well, you get excited. Okay. <laughs> because I know he would never harm right. me or anyone else. Right. You know. um, but no, I was thrilled. I'm always thrilled to be a part of his shenanigans. Well, play, play armchair uh, psychiatrist for a second. What, what was the source of like his devotion to shenanigans and mischief and chaos? And Child, was he <laughs> childlike? He, just, he, just he was very childlike, yeah. very generous, uh-huh. overly generous. Mm-hmm. He would always give you whatever you wanted. I, what, of course, he, he had a, a sad side too. I always mm-hmm. said tears of a clown for yeah. him because he, you know, he he ran over a good friend of his and killed him, Rody. Yeah. So that devastated mm-hmm. him, and he like in the middle of the night he'd wake up screaming, "I'm a murderous fuck" and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Wow. So there was a he he was manic. Let's face it. Before mm-hmm. there he was bipolar to such a degree before that mm-hmm. term existed. Um, one night he woke up screaming 
hurtling elephants of a sort. <laughs> really loud. Oh, my gosh. And I had to, t- t- you know, I kept feeding him placid. Those go to bed. <laughs> but I told him about it the next morning because you don't forget hurtling elephants. No, of a sort. no. So we were at the airport, and he found me and bought me a stuffed elephant. Oh, that's sweet. Which I still have. Oh, my He's goodness. a very, he was a sweet, generous soul. And, um... Keith's life seemed to, like when I see footage of the Who, early footage, he looks like such a kid and he seemed to have just, he aged a lot in a short period of time before he passed. When I, when I see pictures of yes, him anyway. Yes, he, he did. He was only 31 yeah. and we all marveled that he made it that long. He was, uh, you know, he would take anything anyone gave him. He wow. would, yeah, Tough. He would, yeah, it was hard to watch. That, that mm-hmm. was hard to watch. And, and how was, what was, what was your uh, uh, consumption or intake of substances back then were you not into it or just casually i tried everything you did i did everything to a small degree mm -hmm. i was never addictive which thank god yeah either you are Mm -hmm. you aren't right Right. and you know it was very different back then there was no rehab and stuff for people no so they were just like well that's how keith is and you know he'll get through i was just lucky that i didn't have that proclivity to that degree i mean i did try everything with you know Sure, sure. Those are the times. <laughs> What's what you do? You're not on trial here. No, we're saying? not. I'm not. <laughs> so um, I want to. I want to. I want to push forward to because um, you finally. You finally get married. Yes. Well, are we going to hear? Some finally, I was only well, twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Well, wait a minute. Who? Uh, well, yeah. I can, um, Who haven't we done? Or how much more time do I have? We have some time. Absolutely. I, I, I think we should do at least a little bit of Mick Jagger. Oh yeah. Because yeah. when uh, I was, no you know, here. did you see the show the other night? Did you go to the no. show? You know, I just, he's someone in my past that uh-huh. I've lost touch with. Okay. Very few people I've lost touch with that way. But when I went away to Europe, I was seeing Mick. I went away to Europe, came back to London, called him up, and Bianca answered the phone. Ew. And she said, don't you ever call here again. <laughs> and that's exactly what she told And that me. is the last, yeah. I never saw him. That was it. And I would love to see him. I know they're rehearsing here in the valley yeah. somewhere. But I haven't seen him in years. But... He was the one who really turned me on to my female apparatus. Wow. Nice. <laughs> way before I met him. Just knew his way around there. Or just, no, no, just way before it, I met him. Just oh, music. Just gave you feelings. Yes. I see. Yes, before I met him, way before I met him. I knew I would, though. He was number one on my list, man. He was, But, of course, he came after me, just like Jimmy did. Yeah. I didn't go after them. Um, but well, yeah, Mickey, I mean, this song that you're about to uh-huh. play, really... Says it all, right? It does. <laughs> and yeah, when I see footage of, of Nick does ooze sexuality. Oh, oh God, I mean, still incredible, without a doubt. Right? And you know, he was androgynous too, which which was uh, which was helpful for a lot of women at that mm-hmm. point because they seemed almost safe, yeah. but really hot and sexy yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That he he really heralded androgyny in men. I think. Yeah, he started the whole thing. Oh, for sure. He opened the door for Bowie. That's for <laughs> to sure. Walk in. Buzzing around Joe High. Well, I'm a king, baby. Buzzing around Joe High. Yeah, I can make honey, baby. Let me come inside. Well, 
<laughs> what does he mean by this? Let I don't really know. I'm not following what I don't really know. Let me come inside. I'm not quite no, sure. No, mind boggled. <laughs> it's a metaphor for uh, colony collapse. The 16-year-old, 15, 16-year-old girl hearing that? Now, Can what, you imagine? I what mean, he was dealing with, like, it was the same thing you were talking about with Elvis. Like, at the time, oh, my God, what a potent, like, yeah. how you couldn't even look straight out of my bed. I mean, he's just, no. <laughs> just like so. It was, it was some slinky, sultry stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw them first with with Captain Beefheart. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I went to Long Beach Arena first time they played here, and went with Don Van Vliet. If you can imagine, wow! Uh, <laughs> in fact, I met Bill and Charlie with him and hung out with Bill and Charlie at the Ambassador Hotel and went to school the next day and told people. And they went, Sheesh. "Yeah, cool. right." There That's was so no funny. "Yeah, right" yet, but you <laughs> right. know what I mean. And how were Bill and Charlie? Were they? They seem <laughs> like Charlie cool seems people, like. But of course, I wanted yeah, Mick, right. and you know, that's there's a whole story in my book about how I went and tried to meet him, and I was just too young. I knocked on his door finally, and he opened the door naked, you know, and he knew that, I, that some teenage girl would run away, and that's what happened. I berated myself, but who yeah. opens the door naked? <laughs> King B, baby, the King B. <laughs> now that's right. Before we run into, I, I want to ask you about one of your like lesser known uh, friends, and uh, and and talking about Elvis reminded me of this because my grandmother was a big fan of this guy, and she says I've only seen one other person who has what this kid has, and that is Elvis Presley, and that person was. Michael Richards from oh. <laughs> from Fridays. What what was your relationship like with him? When at what stage were you guys uh, friends? Oh, uh, we we were friends for a long time, and then mm-hmm. we decided to try dating. We dated for about six months, and as amazing as he is, and as fascinating as he is, it didn't work out. He was mm-hmm. it, it, he took too much energy. Ah, uh, he took too much. This was pre- attention and energy. Pre Kramer days. Oh no, post. Oh, post Kramer. Yeah. Oh yeah, this okay. wasn't that long ago. No, oh, I didn't understand yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, Mick opens the door naked, and then if you watch Seinfeld, you see how Kramer comes through that door. <laughs> totally <laughs> different. Two together. Totally different vibe. Uh, as Michael Richards. He, he's a magical guy, though. It seems like it. Seems yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. Way too talented for his mm. own good. <laughs> hey, don't I know it? <laughs> um, so then. Uh, so, uh, so Michael DeBar. Yes, and and you meet Michael. Is he in Silverhead when you? Michael when you meet is in him? Silverhead. Okay. I Keith Moon didn't show up to play himself in a movie that I was doing. Okay, I, I had become an actress mm-hmm. at this time, and so my producer, director Chuck Wine, had to scour New York, which we were filming. Mm-hmm. A, a rock star who could act. Okay. And Silverhead had just shown up. And Michael had been an actor for the time he was a little boy. Right, sure. He was into Sir With Love. And I'm sure you know all about Michael. Yeah. So, um, Enough he, about Michael. He, he, he <laughs> showed up. And we, and literally, he said he fell in love with me on sight. Wow. So it took a little convincing because I was dating someone else at the time. But, of course, we wound up together and got married. And how long you, you guys were together for? How Fourteen many years? years. Fourteen years. And we are best best friends today. And I know that's t- true because I saw you at his Viper Room show, and you were right down front. Yes, we're, <laughs> he's like my brother now. We're both only children now, so uh-huh. we are like we we actually have a family now. We have a son too, of course, but uh, Nick. But we are, you know, we're still very very tight. And it's a shame that it's a shame that they didn't have reality TV when Nick was born because then you guys could have had a reality oh, show called Raising Debar. No! Oh, wow. God! Oh, what do you think? Oh, God! 
God. That's good. Uh, That's good. Man. Thank you, Gary. That's actually my nephew, Kyle. That was his joke last oh, okay. night. It's but, pretty um, cute, actually. So now, does Nick have any, does he have uh, any aspirations to be uh, to be in, in the music field? No, he, he's he got a perfect pitch and everything, but he's been in the video game industry He's the video game guy. Remember, yeah, yeah, we had uh, Michael on, and we yeah. talked but, a little bit about that. But he's also, now he's, seg- he's translating Japanese novels, too. He's fluent in Japanese. Wow. He's very wow. interesting. Wow. Interesting kid. Very, very yeah. interesting and boy. How does he feel? Because everyone with their parents are like, oh, my, my mom, my dad. What does he think about uh, the groupie past and the rock and roll past? He actually looks up to us. It's very interesting. He sees us as very successful and mm-hmm. unique people that he's trying to attain that kind of uniqueness. I, I You know, it's kind of a different. You know, a lot yeah. of times I think people look at their crazy parents as, please get them out of here. But he's not like that at all. <laughs> and do, do, has he has he read your books? Do you think? He's oh read, yeah, he has. He, he read my books, and I remember the first one. I was a little nervous about. It. He was only like twelve when he read it, uh-huh. and he said, "You mom, you're as good a writer as Stephen King, who was nice. his hero at the there time." You go. Wow. So there I was you go. very that that was his comment. So it made me feel pretty good. Yeah, that's a good comment. <laughs> yeah, I wrote in. You know. I love Stephen King too. Uh, well, let's hear a little of Silverhead. Uh, yes, this is Michael. He- Hello, New York. So damn good. He was so sexy. It was crazy. Well, how great was he just a, a, a couple months ago at the Viper Room? It's, it was you know, insane. He's I, he's still crazy and sexy. I don't have that much, <laughs> I don't have that much energy now. I know that he's an amazing human being. Did yeah. um and w- was it love at first sight for you when you met him? How- well, I was seeing someone else, right. so he had to convince me. He threatened to jump off the roof <laughs> of the Hyatt House. <laughs> wow. It's flattering. It's flattering. <laughs> if I didn't get over there right then, so yeah, yeah. See, I did. I did do that with my wife. I said, "I'm going to eat all these sugar packets <laughs> if you don't go out with me." <laughs> I'm seriously. There's at least seven. Weirdly <laughs> enough, you still did. Eat I still the ate sugar them. Packets. Yeah, and I eat seven sugar packets every morning <laughs> yeah. as uh, a tribute to my love for her. That's beautiful. Um, well, now look. There's so much stuff. There's so many more things we could talk about. So much uh, other stuff, Pamela Debar related. But we want to talk about all the things that Pamela Debar is doing right yes, now. Yes, I don't live in the past. <laughs> no, no. that's something. Um, even though my forward. past is so amazing. Very um, amazing. Well documented. Get her books in print. Yes, yep. all my books totally are Totally worth reading. And actually, uh, uh, we have we have two of your books that I'd like to give away to our listeners oh, if fantastic. you'll sign them for us. Sure, sure. Thank you. Oh, yes. 
Yes, I have four books. I'm writing a fifth one now, actually, with Ruth McCartney. Oh. Um, called She Loves You, about how oh, the nice. Beatles influenced women oh, through neat. the years. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. And um, I have a clothing line called Groupie Couture. Yes. And we are trying right now to raise some funds so we can make more and more fabulous frocks, vintagey, mm-hmm. beautiful frocks for very feminine stuff for women. And it's at Indiegogo.com. Just look up Groupie Couture, and you can go donate. And uh, we're giving lots of perks. Books, signed books, photos, clothes, etc. You even blow a kiss. I think it was one. I, of those. I will blow a kiss. I will call you, and you can <laughs> answer. I will answer any question you have <laughs> for a mere two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> it's a great way, yeah, to like. Yes. And to we will uh, when the when this episode posts this week, we'll we'll put all that information on our Facebook page. Oh, really? Too, all great. the links and yeah, stuff. Yeah, link it Thank up you. and everything. We'll tweet it. We'll do everything we can do for I you. I do rock tours. Right here in L.A.? Yes, I, I, take, I, I rent a big van, and I take people all around Hollywood to all my crazy spots where all these wonderful things have happened. Oh, that sounds I, fun. I, I go to an apartment I used to live in where Jimmy and Robert sat together and listened to Led Zeppelin II and were changing the order of the wow. songs. Where was that at? Which, uh, it's on Alfred Street, right near La Cienega. Don't try to get her to give you I'm a tour to a free for free. Ride. <laughs> a tour ride from this tour. No, I'm going to support this because, yeah, I mean, the style is hip. It's like uh, if you like uh, Rachel Zoe Projects, it's kind of similar to her style, like vintagey, but like cool. Oh, you no, know, you're back to the clothes again. Yeah, yeah. Talk okay. about, but 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 you like donate to the uh, couture and you get uh, these perks. Is what I'm saying. Thank yeah. you oh, okay. so much, Gary, for yeah. and for keeping on saying that. I really need to help. <laughs> it's, nice. I really, it's really nice. And Indiegogo, I also Indiegogo. I also do um, writing classes for women, women's memoir all over the country. No dudes can get into this. Uh, I'm trying to get enough men to sign so, up. Sounds a little yeah. sexist. No, no, no. I know. I it, not enough men sign up, and women won't. Relate their stories as openly guys, with guys in the room, I noticed. Well, that's true, but what a great way to meet ladies if you're the only guy in that class. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Oh, boy. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait to see the movie I'm With the Band. Yeah. Oh, oh the true. Oh boy. I can't yes, wait till so this is finished too. and this is out, and, and maybe you'll come back and talk about that when the movie comes out. But uh, it's been an honor to have you here. Thank you for sharing uh, all your stories and uh, and telling me to shut up and taking over the song, <laughs> the song playlist and Thank all that you. stuff. I need that. And uh, anything else? Yes, like my, my website is PamelaDebar.net. You can find out everything you want to ever know about me there. And uh, at Pamela DeBar on Twitter? Yes. All right. All right. Yes. Go there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us, like us on Facebook. Uh, check out that Indiegogo campaign. And uh, do we have some playout songs? Should we go out? We we didn't play any Who, so should well, we go Well, I have oh, yeah. I have I have Bellboy, and uh, you'll hear Keith do his little uh, uh, thing in the middle. So yeah, let's hear uh, let's hear Bellboy. And thank you, uh, Miss Pamela. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, 
Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.